Welcome to the September edition of the Runners Racing Review. In this month, Kyle and I discuss three local events plus one national event and talk about a global event, the Berlin Marathon, and the extraordinary racing that occurred there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we are on location at Narang, where the Narang 500 was held during the week, as we discuss all that has to do with running on a local, national, and international scene. All right, guys, so uh, welcome to the second episode, the Runners Racing Review of local running events for September. We're here at um, Narang Velodrome, which of course was the location for one of the most extraordinary events, the Narang 500, um, as well as all the other events right down to the 25k. Um, you can see the race directors and the organisers, they're packing up behind us, um, getting ready for next year. Um, so we'll talk a bit about that as well, but Kyle's back. Back again. Who's part of Squad Run now. Officially. Officially one of the coaches Officially for Squad joined. Run. So um, if you're looking for a, a local coach on the Gold Coast or South East Queensland, Kyle's the one to I do. I can look after you. He can look after you from uh, everything from short distance right through to the ultra distance. So Whatever everyone wants. Yeah, squad run uh, owned by Kerry and Ali. Yep. Uh, we're based New in New Zealand. Zealand. But, but Kyle's going to be looking after the, the Gold Coast. Yeah, so that's exciting. To join the Australian team. So yeah. Very exciting. So September's been massive. It's been huge. Thanks for everyone if you, uh, if you listened to us or watched a bit from the August one. But September has been huge. And Kyle, I know this is a local racing review of things that happened in southeast Queensland but we want to go international straight away because last night for those of you who watched the extraordinary race over in Berlin the Berlin Marathon which we know is one of the fastest and flattest ones in the world it's the home of the, the official world record absolutely last year but last night two seconds yeah two unbelievable. seconds unbelievable I don't think anyone really expected that going into it that it was going to be that close yeah I think everyone was everyone's been focused obviously we've got what Kipchoge is going to be doing in a couple of weeks which we mm. can talk about later but everyone's the attention wasn't really on Berlin leading into this it didn't have the hype that it's had in previous years and for that performance to come out of that and be that close to a new world record yeah unexpected but exciting it was incredible it was an incredible race I think conditions look good from the start from what we can see a little bit overcast, been a bit of rain around, cool, cold conditions, um, and it went out at a decent pace. They had yeah. a decent group early on, and yeah, what a run. It was a, I don't know how many people actually got to watch it live, a lot of people were watching streams of it live, and it was a pretty pretty Ooh. exciting race all around. So just to talk people through, obviously, the race, initially with the female race, they had a really good pack through most of that race. Obviously, defending champion ended up pulling out yep. around just after the 30k mark. But they had a good group of about three or four of them through till about 35, 36k, which was mm. quite exciting watching that race. Um, and then we had a couple of them kick away with a few k's to go. Um, it probably wasn't quite as quick as it has been in previous years. Um, but just to go through those results first, Bakiri from Ethiopia, she ran 2.20.14 and she actually kicked away with just after they'd gone under the Brandenburg Gate. Yeah. So a couple of hundred metres to go, she made her kick, kicked yeah. away from Dababa, also from Ethiopia. So she ran 2.20.14, and Dababa ran 2.20.21. So yeah. pretty incredible times. Amazing. Regardless, that's that's quick running. Yeah, because it was a really good group for the in the female event. Yeah. And of course, the defending champion, she was going for four in a row, I think. Four in a row, and yeah, it looked, she, you could tell early on, she was kind of just sitting at the back of that pack and just looked, just like she was struggling. If you watched yeah. her run as well and watched how she was running, she just didn't look comfortable yeah. at all with it and then kind of fell off the back around 30 kilometres and, yeah, they had the vision of her all of a sudden she stopped and mm. didn't look 
didn't look like she was in a good way. Yeah. Um, but exciting to have a new person absolutely taking the win. And, and the interesting thing for the men's race was when um, you know when Bikili dropped back to third at one stage. And he dropped and the, well off. And the like commentators were saying that you know he's he's gone, he's off the back, and then all of a sudden we flash back to the girls, and then we come back to the men's race, and he's up on the second guy's shoulder, and then instantly within a couple of kilometres he he's up back. He's up on Legesse's. Because the guess, um, like he he took he kind of took off really early. Like yeah. he looked at it and he, I think he dropped a two forty eight kilometer. Yeah, and about the 30, 31st. Yeah, kilometer. really quite early, which is that's still a long way to go, and that's really quick. Yeah. So he obviously dropped that gap, and I think everyone thought Bakili kind of fell off the back, but I think he kind of just maintained what he yeah. was doing. I don't think he went any slower. I think those guys just tried to kick away, and um, obviously Lima, who was in second at the time as well, tried to go with him. Then he got dropped. Bakili caught him and then absolutely flew past yeah. him. And then you just could see the gap from the vision they had, obviously looking at the leader, him just closing that gap. Mm. And when he went past him, he went past him quick. He yeah. did not sit with him at all. So he flew past and then it was going to be him versus the clock. Yeah. Was the kind of the exciting thing for the end. So we were obviously watching the splits from the world record gap. Mm. Now, when you actually look at the splits, Bikili went through halfway in 61.05, which is the exact same time that Eli Kipchoge went through last yeah. year when he set the world record. So... Yeah. We all knew that they were running quick, mm. but it was going to be... I don't think anyone really thought they were going to hang on, but if anyone's going to do that and run the last half quick, it's Bikili, 5,000, 10,000 metre world record horse still. He's had those yeah. for a long time, so we know he's got the track speed. Yeah. Um, so it was going to be exciting, and then the gap off the world record slowly dropped away. I think at the point he was around 15 seconds behind yeah. world record pace. And then as we got into the last few kilometres, you could actually see him kind of checking his watch. Mm. And you could see as he looked at it, he kind of kept looking down and smiling. I think he knew he was having a good day and yeah. was slowly making up a bit of time. Um, but in the end, two seconds yeah. was the gap. So unbelievable. I think right up until the last 100 metres, everyone thought this is going to be incredible because sprint so, finish. Somehow we, I don't know how, what audio was coming through, but we heard that it was yeah, 14 and then it was 11. And then as he was getting into that last kilometre... I heard five seconds somehow. I don't know yeah, what audio yeah. was coming through yeah. from where, whether it was race officials or whether it was just someone over the top of the microphone, but five seconds. And then, you know, if there's one guy that you want attacking that world record, it's the 5,000, 10,000 champion, who, of course, in the past has been one of Mo Farah's greatest rivals. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, uh, Kipchoge's great rival when Kipchoge was a, was a track runner before he became a marathoner. So, you know, and Bikili's 37 years of age. So it's, it was an amazing race. As well. Because he kind of had a year, like he kind of yeah. dropped off a little bit and everyone thought he's kind of done with the marathon yeah. thing. So for him to come back and then run that yeah. is, the marathon's yeah. well alive at the moment, it's exciting. And like we said, the commentators were calling it the greatest, potentially the greatest comeback. But I'd, I mean, the more I've thought about it overnight this morning, I think he just ran a pretty solid, even race. And Absolutely he did. I think it was just heightened or highlighted by the fact that, um, you know, Legesse put in that 248 kilometre and surged. So rather than Bikili dropping off, I think the other guys surged and he just held his pace. Yeah, and the other smart. guys, you know, obviously you have to take their chance, take their risk, and it was a gamble. And, and you could probably, you know, say that they paid the price for it in the end, but um, I think Bikili's race was just extraordinary. And like you just said then, it's great for everyone because the marathon now is well and truly alive. I think a lot of us thought that Kipchoge was kind of burying and everyone, finishing it as a competition. Right. But, you know, there's three, four, five guys now who've run 202s or 201s, which is amazing. And... We'll talk a bit later in the podcast about um, Kipchoge's 159 attempt next month, and it just adds a bit more spice and a bit more Absolutely interest. Absolutely, it does. Well. And I think he would have been quite nervous watching that last night. He definitely yep. would have been watching. So yep. that would have been interesting if he'd, because he's obviously chosen not to go to Berlin to go for this yep. attempt. If yep. his world record got broken the year that he decides <laughs> not to go, that would have been very interesting. But that was the other interesting thing with Bikili is that 
he would have become the first person to then hold the 5,000, 10,000 and marathon world records yeah. at once, which I, I can't see that happening again. Yeah. I, so that would, it would have almost, it was, I almost wanted to see it just yeah. to be like, wow, that's incredible yeah. that he's held all of those at once. But I think that sets it up amazingly for next year. Hopefully, yeah. if Bikili's going to keep going around another year. Of course, Berlin is, is the place to do it, isn't it? Exactly We had a couple right. of friends who were over there and ran PBs, significant PBs. And, yep. um, so, yeah, if you want to do a fast marathon, Head to Berlin. Berlin's the place to go. And I can tell you, running through that Brandenburg Gate is something special. I haven't done the marathon. Uh, there I had an entry, but I got injured, so I could never do it four or five years ago. But I've been there on holiday. And just even just jogging through that Brandenburg Gate, when you know that's the finish, that's it's right. just incredible. And to see what it would be like with... You know, millions of people lining the Watch. streets like they do in Berlin. I think it's got to be on most people's bucket list. It is on the bucket list. Absolutely, Absolutely. me too. But yeah, we'll talk a bit more about Kipchoge's attempt yes. later on in the podcast when we look at October. Yeah, overall, very exciting night of marathon running. So, but the big reason that we're here um, in this particular location, we're going to try and do this podcast in different places. Last time we were at Coomba Bar, whereas today, it's Monday morning. It's the very last day of September. Um, and we're here at Narang Velodrome. So, as we mentioned in the intro... It is the site of the Narang 500, the Ultra Trail Gold Coast, which I managed to get down a couple of times in the week just to see how they're going. And of course, when I was coming down, I was coming down for three, four, five hours. There's a chance you won't see any of the runners because they could all be out there. <laughs> so there was, um, I think there was 15 who signed up and 12 who started. 12 started. Um, and we just had a bit of a chat with the race director there this morning. And I think he said, the second woman finished this morning with three hours to spare. Three and a half hours to spare. So. Uh, if my understanding is correct, I think three men, two women, I think five finished in total. I believe so. I think it was about five finished in total. and Five did finish in total. Yeah, absolutely incredible event. So for those that you don't know, it's a 500-kilometre uh, race here in Narang on what they call the Big Loop, which is a 25-kilometre loop. Um, it's a well-known training loop for a lot of people. Uh, we have roughly 800, 900 metres of elevation, so you're looking at 18,000 metres of elevation roughly. That is a lot. In, in a six-day event so it was incredible and there's a lot of support down here and the crews did an incredible job and of course during the week as well we had 325k race we had the 175 we had the 100 uh the 50 and the 25 as well but let's talk through the 500 to begin with where do you want to start it, amazing <laughs> so uh, and the, the feed Absolutely was great incredible. actually they were able to update the times update the yep. laps so for those of us who weren't able to get here we we're able to still check in and see how it was going but um yeah, to start with, let's go with the men. So Todd Hazelgrove, I think is his last name. That's correct. Uh, from my understanding, I mean, I don't know too much about Todd, but he's an obstacle um, runner. Sort of the, the, the endurance, tough mudder kind of events, the long distance yep. kind of versions of those. Um, and I had a bit of a chat to him yesterday, and you know, his, his main point was that it was his support crew that got him through. And when you look at the actual times, Sam Weir, who was in second, was actually running, most of the time was running his laps at a quicker pace. Yeah. But the, distance, the difference was is that when Todd came in, he would be in and out within you know, 10 minutes, 12 minutes. Yep. And he said yesterday that his wife and his support crew were the reason for that. They had everything really ready for him and going. Um, and they'd rehearsed that and practiced it. Whereas when Sam came in, he was in for maybe you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. So Sam was actually doing the laps quicker, but you know, Todd was in and out here a lot faster. Well, which... You've got to do 20 laps and have 20 of those stops. That... Yeah. You know, yeah, it's significant. It's an extra ten minutes over twenty laps. That's over three hours. Yeah. That's huge. That's so. Todd, I think, finished in ninety-seven hours. Sam, ninety-nine Nine. hours and thirty minutes. Uh, and Paul Shard got third. Yep. You know, what God, time? I is still. I think he's in the background here. packing up yep. some gear at the moment. And so, from the very first couple of laps, Todd said that three of them came in on lap number one together. 
they all came across the line pretty much together. But then from lap two onwards, he kind of took the lead. Yep. And for most of the time, it actually stayed pretty similar. It stayed at that kind of two-hour yeah, mark. I think, it, yeah, I think Sam got it back to 90 minutes at one stage, but yep. then he said he had a bit of a sleep a little bit longer than Todd did. And yep. then Todd got it back to that two-hour mark, and it kind of stayed there for most of the time, didn't it? Yep. They kind of yo-yoed in and out a bit. Um, and, of course, when you think about that, they wouldn't have seen each other for for six days. No. They, would have, they wouldn't have seen each other for six days, and Sam would have been chasing him, and Paul would have been chasing them. and. Um, so an amazing, uh, amazing event, an amazing festival to actually have here, and I think from from my point of view, very very successful one to I, have I have five finishes. I think that's incredible. I was honestly when I heard that they were going to do it, I would have been surprised for them to get anyone mm. finish it. And I knew they'd had the six day cut off, and I thought, okay, that's that's still a lot of kilometres a day back to back working in sleep and stuff on that course. Yeah. I think anyone that can finish that or even give it a attempt it is, yeah. that's incredible so um, well done and the female winner I think was a touch over 100 hours and as I said we just had our second female finisher she was the final finisher she just came in this morning I believe three hours before the cut off three and a half hours 140 and a half hours 140 and a half hours that's a lot <laughs> of just hours just incredible <laughs> absolutely amazing um, and as we said the part of that as well is, is the support crew their job is is epic to be here for that whole time. It was I mean, a long time. They're packing up now, but there were big sort of tents set up and the families were down here and there was food galore and just to, just to witness them come in at a, at a, you know, a checkpoint and spend that 10 or 15 minutes in, see them go through that process. I mean, I, I, I was down here a couple of times and you're asking people, what, you know, what do you want? What do you need? And you, you don't really know how to help them. It's, it's a different beast. And I think you know, we've all kind of crewed races before for a 50K or 100K and you're there yeah. for just half a day to one day and how much of a toll that takes on you trying to crew that yeah let alone how do you prepare to crew for someone for six days yeah i don't know yeah but they, they all did an amazing job I yeah mean, they're all kind of learning on the fly how to do it but they most of those teams they worked really well and yeah it was impressive to watch yeah and the race director steve Cornelius said uh yesterday that he wants this back again next year yeah, like he wants absolutely. it in it's going to be here to stay yep and i think the fact that five people did finish um, and even those that didn't quite get to the 500, they got past the 200 mile, which was a target for a lot of them. They got to yep. 350 or 400. Um, and which I think still incredible, like, that's amazing, absolutely incredible, absolutely amazing. Imagine DNFing, but <laughs> still getting 400 kilometres. Like, um, and I think the, the the people who went in the 200 mile and the ones in the 175 and the 100, there was a lot of guys who, and girls who finished that. So he's Steve's pumped for next year. He yeah, wants this back. Exciting! He's, I think that's a big tick this year. I think it's been a big success. Yeah. So he's talking about a couple of little changes. Um, he said there was a few water issues with uh, people not in the event taking the water out there. So maybe people who were out for a bit of a jog or a bit of a mountain bike maybe stumbled across the aid so stations and thought, "How good supplying water for our this is the greatest training ride or run?" Yeah, I can come here and get free water. Um, but of course, there was other events as well. There was the 50k, um, which turned out to be a, a quite a hot day yesterday it was quite warm um and a couple of our running mates that we know went in the 4x25k relay they did um and went just over touch over eight hours so that was the 100 kilometer relay and that was jake davis henry coombs daryl hill and tom lapthorne um and so they did about eight hours in 11 i think which was a new record and so they i think jake i think jake just dipped under the two hours and the he other did. boys went just over two hours and um, I want to know how they decided who was going to run first in the nice cool conditions absolutely. and, and absolutely. who had to run at lunchtime. The, the last league would have been the tough one. Would not have been fun. Um, and I was saying before we, we, just before we started recording here that I would have loved to have seen them go head to head. 
Um, you know, that would have been, been quite exciting. An amazing race to see all of them having a crack, and they probably would have gone quicker. They might have all dipped under the two hours. No, I and, think they definitely would have. Um, but yeah, that was an amazing, an amazing race, uh, or amazing race result for them as well. So yeah, a great event. One maybe that's pricked your interest. Uh, I still, I still <laughs> stand by my statement from last month that the 25 is the best option yeah absolutely. <laughs> one, one lap's a good a good amount of laps in the ring but hey if people want to go out and run 20 yeah be my guest yep. go for it i'll be here to support them um so yeah so they, they said it's going to be on again next year and yeah if you did get down to have a look at it i'm sure you were blown away by it um just the sheer endurance of it and the fact that most of the competitors had very little sleep for five days six yeah. days you know they sam when i talked to him at I think it was at 350k. He said that he'd had seven hours sleep, which is just that, that's one of the most probably incredible stats. To yeah, go that many days and only sleep that little. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Absolutely so, incredible. Great event. Congratulations to all who participated in it. Yeah. Uh, to those that finished it, even to those that DNF'd. As we said before, it's a DNF when you've done 300k or 250. I wouldn't think of it like that. Amazing. Um, and to to the race director Steve. Yeah. For for jumping in and doing Absolutely. that in, in in place of his late uh, late father. And I think Ian would be bloody proud of how yeah. it all went and to get finishes he obviously thought up the idea for that 500k and yeah. to see five people cross the line I think he would have been really proud of how it went and yeah I think they, they did him proud yeah yeah and um, I know a lot of the 500ks they had, they had pace runners out there as well who did a lap yep. you know at one o'clock in the morning so an incredible team event and the thing that I love about it is that yeah there is one runner out there but like Todd said he's got a whole team behind him um, and it does it creates a real team atmosphere to, to running which we sometimes don't get uh, in individual races and I think that's what brings people to ultras don't they the fact that you're out there running it but you've got a crew out there you've got people part of driving in the car you're part of a team running is obviously a very individual sport sometimes yeah. but it's nice to have these events where you do feel as part of something yeah. bigger so, yeah. so well for next year everyone. think about the 500 but maybe even yeah. remember Kyle's advice from last month do the 25 one, one lap's good one, lap's one really lap good. is good one lap is very hard but yeah the Narang 500 a great achievement and a great event and congratulations to all who were in that. Some other races obviously that have been around the country. We had the Surf Coast Century on the other weekend, yeah. so down in Victoria along the coast there. That's obviously one that ends up on a lot of people's radars given that it's one of the Western States qualifiers in Australia. There's yep. only three of those in the country, so being one of those, they obviously generally get a good crowd. Fairly fast course as well, if people want a fast mm. 50 or 100k trail race, that's where everyone kind of heads down. What do you know about the course? So bit of beach running at the start so they actually yeah. generally have to work out the start time and day based on the tides a little bit because there's certain parts of the beach <laughs> yeah, that if yeah. they get there at the wrong time you're running through water and i think i saw some photos from this year that people were running through water at points yeah. um which just adds a little bit to it that's mm. trail running for you so first round the half marathon mark you're running on the beach wow a bit of sand quite hard sand they can still run quite quick on it but yeah something a little bit different to consider in that race yeah you then head into the trails and then there's a bit more hills kind of through the second third of the race um, bit of single trail. I've never done it myself, but from personally what I've seen in the photos, looks like a spectacular course. So yeah. it's definitely another one that's on the bucket list. Yeah. But we had a, quite a few good little results in the 50 and the 100. So I'll run through kind of the 50 kilometer results first. So in the females 50 kilometer, we had uh, Rebecca Bumer ran 5.29, Kelly Hoffman 5.22, and then Belinda Ralph won in 4.38. So that's a, wow, right. that's a very quick time. Yeah. 50k trail race. So well done Belinda on that result. That's a big win that's a huge yeah. win so 45 minute victory in the in the 50 uh then in the men's we had simon angus ran 452 we had uh, campbell craig ran 435 and damian angus came in with the win in 416 so another wow another great result um but belinda third overall as yeah. well in that race so yeah. 
odd under Belinda and Damien taking out the wins there. But is there much elevation in these races? Not too, you... not too much. It's yeah. it's it's a flat. You're not probably not going to find too many flatter trail races. Yeah. It's got enough. You know, you're definitely going to yeah. get a few hills with it. But it's a runnable it's a runnable course. Yeah. You can definitely if you want to go somewhere to have a fast yeah. trail race and get a fast time for trail. That's a it's a good one to target. Yeah. Um, that's what draws a lot of people to it. It is one of the draws of it that you can go and run yeah. a fast trail race there. It looks spectacular. Oh, scenery doesn't. That's incredible. So, well done to all the 50 kilometer runners. Um, we'll move on to the 100K, which is obviously the big draw card for this event. They yeah. always get really good numbers to it. Um, so, females first. We had Hayley Teal in 1241. She came in third place. Sarah Hedger, 1035. So, only five and a half minutes between second yeah. and third. So, nice close racing there. And then we had Sarah Ludoichi. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. Sorry, Sarah, if that's not right. She ran 1008. Wow. So, Trail 100k, well done Sarah, that's, that's a very, very impressive time. So mm. some fast racing down there by the ladies. So well done to everyone who obviously participated in that. We had a few from the Gold Coast head down as well yeah. to get their finishes. We had a few first time 100k's down there. So well done to everyone that went down there for their first, their first ultra. Then in the men's racing, now there was a really tight group kind of looking for second, kind of to fill out the top 10 between second and 10th was quite close racing. So third place went to uh, Ryan Swano, 9.18. Mm -hmm. Second place was Ross Hopkins, 9.03. But the person who won this was Ash Watson. Now he went off from the start and dropped everyone from the start. He was there for a fast time. Yeah. He won the race in 7.57. So that's so, a course so record. Second was? Second was 9.08. So he won by over an hour. Wow. An hour and six minutes he won by. So for a trail 100K to run sub eight hours, oh, that's lightning quick, isn't it? So I think Ash, he obviously headed over to Tarawera at the start of the year trying to run a really quick time over there yeah. and didn't quite have the ideal day there. But I think he's well and truly redeemed himself by obviously yeah. a new course record. And did you say, so these are Western States um, It points, is a Western States qualifiers. qualifier, so yeah. you can obviously enter the lottery after you've finished this yeah. race. But I think Ash was probably just after a quick 100K trail time and I wow. think he's nailed that. So I think from what I saw from his post after the race, yeah. he had a good day, yeah. everything went to plan for him. but. Absolutely incredible run. Has he raced up here in Queensland? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Ash, if he's listening, okay. can let us know. But no, I don't think. I don't think he has. Ash Narang 500 next year. Yeah. He's got your name written all over it after that achievement. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Ash obviously trains with the boys down in Victoria. Yep. down that way. So he's yep. got a pretty good group of, of runners to train with down there. Um, but yeah, incredible running by that sub eight hours for Trail 100K. Beautiful. On any course is, is very impressive. So. Well done to Ash on that amazing result. But yeah, well done to everyone who, who went down there and mm. played the Surf Coast Entry. Another one yeah. to add to the bucket list. Yeah. And we were going to talk a bit about Coastal High, but for, obviously most people probably know in South East Queensland yeah. that we had the bushfires and so that's been cancelled. So I think they're looking at, uh, they've just put something up on Strava about a virtual run. A virtual run for everyone. Um, so they've put that up there. So we can't talk about Coastal, which is a shame, but um, over the weekend, last weekend there was the, the Butter 24, which... Everyone I've spoken to doesn't understand the name, the reason for the name. I love the name, uh, the Butter 24. I like it when they come up with strange and different names. There must be something behind it, but who knows? So the Butter uh, 24 hour track race, which is just round around a track at the Sunshine Coast at Sippy Downs, I think. Um, and they had a six hour event, 12 hour event, and a 24 hour event. And I think for anyone who's... And a three hour and a marathon. Oh, yeah. And There's anyone, a lot of events up there. Anyone for looking at getting from halves or full marathons into ultras, that's a great way to, to do it, isn't it? Because it's so manageable, round and round a 400 meter track. Um, you've got aid stations obviously all the time because you, your gear is there ready to go. You can stop That's and right. have it whenever you want. Um, I think it's a really good introduction for people to, 
to do a three hour to do a six hour and see how far they can actually get that's right and it's Absolutely. so measurable and it's so you know you can compare year to year obviously because it's just such a measurable course um so some of the results i just focus on the six the 12 and the 24 so we had a couple of guys from the burt squad in brisbane that's rod it. trim rob trims was out there 190 laps i think and I think I got most of these measurements right. It was a little bit difficult to, to follow it on the day with the timing and things. But So that's about 76 kilometres, and I saw some pictures of him when he'd finished. Just He was gassed, completely gassed. It was gassed. a hot day too, so that's a... I think it was about a 4.44 pace, he said, I think, on his yep. Strava. That's what he got. And Kerry Bremner for the females, 150 laps, which is about 60 kilometres. So uh, apologies if the distances weren't quite right there, but I'm pretty sure that was how close they were. 12-hour, close friend of ours, Ben Deneen. Um, he's come back after Glasshouse and after a few other races that he's had, uh, which I've got him down as the Goat Loop Club because I think Benny's a, here in the rain. I think so. He loves the Goat Loop, and so I'm, Benny, you're in the Goat Loop Club. That's what he is. That's his new thing. That's who he's representing. Something about loops and Ben. Yep. I think something about loops. He likes them. 273 laps, 109 kilometres, and we just had coffee with him this morning, and he was just talking about the day, how well run it was and how successful and how... How in the later stages he had a bit of an eye on uh, Trev Lampard in second <laughs> and the guy in third as well, trying to figure out how many laps apart Playing they were. Playing games with each other, so it sounded like it was a very exciting last yeah. hour because they were fairly yep. close together. It's Suzanne Wilson for the females, 181 laps, which is just a t- touch over 70 kilometres. Um, and then in the 24, um, I found it a bit difficult in the 24 to go through and find the actual overall winners, but the ones that I got were Daniel Ivey, 463 laps, which is... About 185 kilometres. He's um, got to be dizzy after that, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Catherine Austin, uh, 409 laps, which just puts a pretty much bang on the 100 mile. 100 mile. Um, so those were the results that I got. I'm pretty sure they were correct. But as I said, it was had a few problems with their timing and it was a bit hard to figure out you know, who was yeah. placed where. But I'm pretty sure that was yeah, what it was. Let us know if we've made any mistakes there. We yeah. Can so, um, yeah, these 24-hour track races, they're, they're great races. They're ones, I said, as it, it would scare people just to go round and round a track over yeah, and over and over again. Absolutely, but it would. I've never done one myself, but I'd, I'd love to have a crack at one. I really would. And, you know, they're all over the country. Um, and as I said, they're great ways that you can go out and measure your distance and you can compare it place to place to place, you know. That's right. Trail runs are very hard to measure place to place because of the different terrain, but running around a track. But I will say at this particular moment that I am going to talk about your run yesterday. So for those that you don't know, Kyle attempted yesterday to break his own under 25 um, record for 50 kilometres uh, on the road or on the track. And he actually did it down here at Griffith University on the brand new track down there that they laid for the Gold Coast um, Commonwealth Games. And he ran around yesterday, had a couple of support crew. We had the officials there from Aura, from AAURA. Uh, that was Jody Oborn and... So thanks for Jody for coming to yep, do that. Yep. Um, so, and broke it. Smashed his own record. Didn't have to break it because he owned it, but wanted to lower it because... He's only got a little bit of time left before uh, he moves for the next bracket. So, huge achievement, Kyle. Like, Thanks, when it comes to track running, to run 50Ks round and round and round a track, and 3.29 yeah. was the time. What was your previous record before that? 3.34. 3.34. So, he's lowered his own record by five minutes. Most people would just sit there and say, well, I've got the record. Let's see what happens. But you've gone out and thought, I'm going to lower it again. Well, my initial thoughts were, when I got the initial one, I did it in December here on the Gold Coast, and it was yep. really hot. So yep. I thought, well, what if, what if I do it when it's a bit cooler? So that was my initial thoughts. And then yesterday didn't turn out to be very cool, so that planning didn't <laughs> work out hot. too well. It was so it was a little hot. warm, but that's all right. That's all part of the running. But no, it was. I wanted to have a good crack at it before I turned 25 to know that, okay, I've given it my best shot. I'm happy with that time. It'll yeah. get broken. I'm fine with that. But I just wanted to turn 25 knowing, yep, I've given it my best. There's the time. 
hopefully someone can get inspired to yeah. go and break it now. So, yeah. so 3.29 is now the time. So Kyle's go and break the, it, someone. The, the national record, he wants it broken. Because you said now in the next couple of age brackets, it gets quicker, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, so the next age bracket, which is 25 to 29, is the Australian record, which is 2 hours 53. So I'm a, I'm a bit off that. <laughs> 2 hours 53 for 50K. That's impressive. So, so, the ne- <laughs> so the next five years is maybe just a training period for you? Yeah. I'd, What's I'd, the 30 to 35? Uh, is that probably just as quick. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm happy with that record. I don't, I'm going to have to train pretty hard to go close yeah. to the next few, but uh, you never know. Yeah. So, And I'm, you said the day went pretty well. You had a little bit of fatigue day, set in post-marathon yeah, typ- distance. Typical of the distance. You're going to hit the wall at that point. But... The one thing on that, that was actually my first track race. I, I haven't, I didn't touch a track before it because I didn't want to know how hard that was going to be. So I yep. didn't touch a track. The thing about track running from it is that when it's going good, it's amazing and yep. it goes really, really fast. The laps tick over so quickly, which was me for the first 25, 30 kilometers. I was thinking, this is great. Like first yeah. 50 laps ticked off, this is going to be great. But when it goes bad, it, it's not fun. Yeah. Those laps feel like kilometers. Yeah. So. And like in the butter twenty four and the six and the twelve and the three hour one, they changed directions every hour. But you didn't. You I, yeah. you planned to, didn't you? Well, I had the option. I could have changed directions as often as I like. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it was going great for the first half, and I was feeling good. I didn't feel like I needed to change directions. Nothing yeah. was really sore on one side or the other. And I thought, well, I'm in a rhythm now. I don't want to break it. I'm just going to keep keep going. And once I got to the point where I hit the wall, I couldn't care less which direction I was going. Yeah. I just needed to get it done. Yeah. So I did run the whole thing in one direction, but. Yeah, I don't know if I did it. I might be doing it again. But. So, <laughs> so the Butter Twenty Four Hour event runners, well done. Yeah, Kyle, absolutely. amazing achievement for the, the national record. And as we said, those times from Surf Coast Century, unbelievable. Just quick, very really quick. quick. Really, running really is quick. In, in good shape in Australia. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Alrighty, my favourite topic. Absolutely. I do love it. I love park run. And uh, so we talked last last um, last month about Paradise Point. We're going to touch on that one again. Um, but you just said to me then that Anthony Ferrugia. Yeah. He heard about the podcast. He knows we've been talking about him at Paradise Point. Yep. And uh, so apparently Anthony knows that, yeah, we mentioned him last time and he heard that we told people to go out to Paradise Point, which is great because a few people have been out there. Yeah. So I was just flicking again through the times. I didn't get a chance to run Park Run um, in September, stupidly, because I should be out there. I know it's something which I need to be doing, a bit like gym work. I know I should be doing gym work and Park Run, but I just can't get out there, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, so a, a local boy who's been travelling around the country a bit in his, in his camper van um, with his wife, Troy Rustin, he's back on the Gold Coast. He is. And when Troy's back, he, he goes Paradise Point. Oh yeah. And so he actually turned up on a day when Anthony wasn't there, which was a little <laughs> bit disappointing, but hopefully Troy and Anthony can go head to head. I'd love to see it. Um, so Troy turned up on 21st of September. And again, top five, sub 17. It's, on, it's the new fast park run on the coast. It's the place to go. So this on this particular day, Troy Rustin, 16, 13, Ooh. Michael Cacciola, Zach Cacciola, Luke Kilborn, and Matt Egan um, all went sub 17. As I said, no Anthony Ferrugia, so that would have been in there as well. Um, Tom Lapthorne, I didn't think, run, ran particularly hard that day, looking at his time. Um, so, you know, he's another one. You put him in there, he goes sub 17 as well. That's so right. incredible. And I'd, so I'd love to, I'd love to know your thoughts but who do you think would, would take the win out of Troy and Anthony on the particular day? Troy's got the faster time at 15.40. Yeah, yeah. Anthony's, from my understanding, his PB there is about just about 16.01. So, I think, I think it would be a great race. Yeah. I think those, I, at the moment, I couldn't, because if Troy's running in around that low 16, I'd say Anthony's probably in similar shape. I reckon it would be a very yeah. good battle. <laughs> 
to come down to the day, wouldn't it? It would literally come down to the day. I, it could be a sprint finish that last 100 metres after that last turnaround. Yep. It'd be on. Yeah, I want to see it. It's, it's like it's any fun. of the great races around the world. You've got the course record holder against pretty much the guy who owns the course, which is Anthony, because he's got the most wins there, surely. So that'd be an amazing race. It's got to happen in October. Um, and a, so in the females, so we had a particularly fast time that, that day as well. So Dana Gottlieb, and I think I pronounced her last name right there, um, 18.58, sub-19 for a female Oof. win there on Paradise Point. So, Great like name. I said last time, if you're a local Gold Coaster and you want to run quick, get out there to Absolutely. Paradise Point because it, it's the There's place people to, to run with. They're place to run quick. fast. It's the place to run quick. Um, so last month as well, we looked at uh, Coomera and looked at Main Beach, but we've gone down to Kira this time, which Kira is, was always, in my understanding, before Paradise Point, was known as the place to run quick. Yeah. And again... Daniel Stein or Steen down there ran 16 minutes flat. Um, the female winner ran 19.01 down there. And a lot of sub-17 wins in September and around yeah. that 19 minute mark in the, um, in the female race as well. So Kira and Paradise Point, they're similar they're, courses, very flat. They're the flat. two fastest spark runs on the coast. Very quick. Definitely. I imagine susceptible to the wind if you get a windy morning, but yep. it's been pretty good. Um, and then up to Brisbane now for, for the third park run for this month. Uh, up to Sandgate, which of course is where the Burt Squad go and the in-training squad go, yep. um, and I can't remember the name of the Ipswich squad, but they all come together. Nancy squad. The Nancy yeah. squad. They, they come together in sort of that May time, and they have that amazing park run, um, which I think is the fastest park run in the, in the world. So Sandgate is kind of like Paradise Point in Kira. Very quick, very fast along, along the water. Um, and Paul Dodd on the 17th of September, he ran 17.02. Now, I know Paul um, a little bit through running, he's a, he's a triathlete as well, and um, I've run with him or raced against him at the Endeavour 500 when that used to be on. So very, very good runner, very quick runner. Um, so yeah, so 17 minutes sort of times down there as well. But the one thing I did notice when I was flicking through those was uh, no woman, no female at Sandgate has broken 20 for the win. So that's a bit of a call out to people in Brisbane. If you're a female runner in Brisbane and you can Get go sub 20, go out to Sandgate, uh, the home of what I call the Interclub Champs, um, and break that 20 minute mark out there for it's females, there for we'd the love Because they're doing it at Paradise Point, they're doing it at Kira, we'd love it to happen at, um, at uh, happen. Sandgate as well. So yeah, parkrun is in great shape. It is in excellent when shape. When was the last time you ran a parkrun? Uh, You've only run a couple. I haven't run many. When was the last time I ran one? I think I ran one at Main Beach this year. Yep. I need to get back to another one. Yep. I, need to, I need to show up somewhere, maybe to Paradise Point. Yeah, place to I'll go. I'll my name in the hat at Paradise Point sometime in this month. I know you haven't raced short for a long time, but what do you reckon you'd do if you, if oh. you, if you gave us a time? Would you break 17? I think so. Yeah. Not to put any pressure. Uh, yeah, maybe. I haven't so, run a park run for a long time. So maybe that's what's going to happen in October. Maybe we get Kyle out to, um, to Paradise Point as well. Why not? With Anthony and Troy and those guys <laughs> and have a race. Blow myself up at park run. Yeah, why not? <laughs> So it's, gonna, it it's getting warmer, isn't it, now as well, and, and parkrun becomes more and more difficult. So, That's but right. training through the heat and making sure that you're hydrated before you go to parkrun yep. um, and looking after yourself. You know, it, it is only 5K, it's a short distance, but it, it's high intensity sure and it's quick is. running and you've got to make sure that you're looking after yourself before and afterwards, particularly as this heat picks it up. It is getting warm. Yeah. So next month we'll have uh, a couple of different ones. I know I keep coming back to, to Paradise Point, so I'm kind of focusing on that because the racing there has been it's so been good. good. And it's great that um, we have so many quick runners running park run there. But, but if anyone wants a mention on the podcast, yep. head out to park run and run a quick time Absolutely. and you'll probably get a mention. So, there's, I mean, there's park runs all over, obviously all over the country and all over you know, Gold Coast and Southeast Queensland. So if you know of one that's, that's really quick and you know of one that's, that's getting some great results, then please send us a message because Let us know. You know, we have a bit of a look around, but uh, we can't sort of look at them all. So it'd be, be helpful if you guys can give us a bit of a, a shout out to ones that are doing really well. So 
We've obviously got a big month coming up in October. There's yep. going to be plenty of things on. Now we're going to start with probably the biggest thing happening and running worldwide yep. in the next couple of weeks, and that's the Ineos 159 project, where <laughs> Elliot Kipchoge is going to try to run one hour and 59 minutes yep. for the marathon, try to become the first human in history to run under two hours yeah. for the marathon. So it's going to be really exciting. So this is obviously happening over in Vienna. Yep. Um, and there's been a lot of preparation going into this to make sure this is going to be the perfect conditions for mm. him to try and do this. Obviously, everyone's kind of seen the videos coming out of his training and his preparation and he's looking fit. He said he's ready to go. Yep. He's confident he can do it. Um, two, just, Aussie, two Aussie boys. Two Aussie two? boys, Jack Rayner and Brett Robinson are going to be in the pacing group, which is super exciting for yeah. those boys. That's pretty amazing. If he can do it to be part of that day, is going to be something special. Yeah. That's something you tell the grandkids that you're, <laughs> you're a part of that day. So... That's going to be a big day for everyone involved. Yep. Those boys, the rest of the paces, everyone else involved, I believe, this week at Chogi as well. And what do you know about the course? Tell us it. So the course uh, there is basically, it's in the middle of Vienna. It's, an, it's a looped course where it's basically one big straight down through the park in the middle of Vienna. There's going to be a roundabout at each end. Yep. So it's around four and a half k's out and back. And they've actually, just to put in perspective of the effort they're going to to make sure this is going to be the ideal conditions for this run, They've resurfaced the road yep. to be exactly what they want. No potholes, no little holes. It's a perfect surface. Now, I've also heard that they're going to try and change the roundabouts at each end so that the bend will replicate the same bend of an athletics track. Yeah. So to be the perfect possible bend so they don't actually slow down at all. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're going to a lot of effort to make sure this course is absolutely ready to go mm. for this. Now, they've obviously set up a bit of a window for this run. So between October 12 and 20 is when yeah. they're planning on doing it. They're going to wait for perfect conditions. And I find that a bit interesting. Like, oh, I can totally understand why they're going to do it. But for Kipchoge himself, mm. not knowing when he's going to be doing it, like yeah. how do you prepare your taper and things like yeah. that, you know, for a big event like this, obviously... I think the plan at this stage is around October 12, 13s when it's okay if conditions are looking good, yeah. it's going ahead on that day. Yeah. Um, that's the plan at this stage. But and that's what the dietitian, I saw the guy talking about nutrition, and the, the dietitian was saying the really hard thing is making sure that we don't give him too much. Exactly right. Too much food. Exactly right. You know, too early or too late, we've got, it's, it's very, very hard it's to have a, a tricky. It's a tricky, obviously they've got the window. I think the plan, they'll, they'll do everything they can to get it done yeah. in those first couple of days of that window. That's yeah. what everyone's lining up for. But obviously, if the conditions are terrible, they take yeah. a turn for the worst. They've got the option to push it back a couple yeah. of days. So that taper and that carbo loading and that getting the nutrition it's right so that you're period. ready to go and you haven't put on too much weight in the last week. So but I think if there's one person in the world that that will not phase at all, yeah. it's Kipchoge. Yeah. I don't think that would bother him in the slice yeah. when he's going to He do just it. seems so casual, doesn't he? He does. He seems so blasé he... and casual about it, which is great to see. I think he's so on top of his mental side of it. I don't think there's anyone else like it that yeah. can do what he does mentally and how prepared he is and how calm he is about yeah. the whole situation there's no one like it hence yeah. why he runs so consistently well yeah um but that's going to be really really exciting so and we just want a one don't we, just, we no just, one cares what the other numbers are no, it just that's has right. to say, one, say a one in front of it so look it's it's super exciting it'll be one of those days that no one will forget if he does it mm. everyone will remember the day that he did that so yeah. it's it's a super exciting and live on youtube live on um, youtube so I mentioned TV, this morning, well, Channel, Channel 7 has Channel picked 7. it up as well. So a lot of the big broadcasters around the world are going to broadcast it yeah. live. So for anyone that's watching and wants to watch it, it's going to be live oh, on TV. So Amazing. Everyone, I think it's going to get, you know, it's going to put running on, not that running's not on the world map now, but it's going to expose a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't yeah. view running to watch this. So it's exciting. Because I do remember the breaking too. You know, two years Most ago, the, do, the yeah. Nike sponsor. I don't know how much Nike is behind this, whether they're, they must be involved yeah, somewhere. Yeah, absolutely, they are. Um, but the breaking two to witness that was incredible. And I remember just 
sitting in front of the computer screen just glued to you it. Know, you couldn't take your eyes off Almost it. on the it edge was... of emotion because you're like, I'm, I'm witnessing something here which is amazing. And mm-hmm. yep. my biggest memory of the breaking two was in the very final couple of hundred metres, we all knew he was going to miss by 20 seconds, but there was a great shot of him running towards the camera in the last bit and you saw the pace runners. They yep. dropped off with 100 or 200 to go and they are jumping and celebrating in the yeah, background. That's exactly right. It and you incredible. really got an emphasis uh, on idea of the teamwork behind this. Like we said before, it's like crewing the hundreds or the ultras. The teamwork behind it. They, are, they want this guy to do it. He's the biggest rival in the world, but they want him to do it. They want him to be part of it. Um, and it was great to see when he, on the breaking two, when he just missed by 20 odd seconds, that it was still like he'd, he'd achieved something marvellous, which it, it was. was. They all jumped Absolutely around him. They all was. celebrated the fact that this guy had gone within 20 seconds of the almost undoable. Exactly um, right. You know, those who are old enough will remember Bannister breaking the four-minute mile. That's right. Um, and this will be up there, if not as good. Um, oh, absolutely it will. This will be yeah. unbelievable. And I think you, the other thing, like you look at the level of the paces, like these are world-class yeah. elite athletes. These are the best runners in yeah. the world are going to be running with him. And mm. I can't think of many other sports where the competition yeah. will so like passionately support their rival. I, yeah. I can't think of anything else like it. So yeah. it's it's going to be a pretty special day regardless. Yeah. Just have that many people involved in that. It's going to be, yeah. it's exciting. And so, no matter how they do it, whether it's with paces or with a loop course, whether it's, you know, it'll be an unofficial world record when exactly. it happens. It won't be an official world record. I think what a lot of people forget as well is that when Bannister broke the four-minute mile, he had paces with him then. Yeah. He had, he yeah, had two of right. his good mates, two or three of his good mates. They sat in front of him, one behind him. Yep. And they dropped off after 800 metres and 1,200 metres, and then he ran the last lap. Yep. You know, so... You know, when people have said, oh, it's, it's not, he needs to run it on his own or he's got to do it in a big marathon, to, for me, that's irrelevant. Yeah, he I still agree. has to run the distance. He's got to he's run it. He's still got to do it. And as I said, go back and have a look at what Bannister did in the, in yeah. the YouTube clips of that. Like, he had pacing, you know. Yeah, that's right. It was, a, it was an event they pretty much put on for him. It was a university event. He turned up, he wanted to run it, and he had paces. He had good friends do it. Um, so, you know, in running, you've, he's got to do the distance. and Exactly right. Far out. It'll be... You know, it'll be like landing on the moon, I think, for, for our generation, It'll certainly for our running generation, day. to witness this occur. And I'm, yeah, desperate for him to do it. And as, so, as we said at the very start, because of you know, how well they did in Berlin, you know, for, for him to do it next month and for them to have gone close this month, it's marathon racing is... It's well on the way. It's exciting. Everyone's yeah. talking about it again, yeah. which is... Absolutely. Absolutely. So last thing on that, what's your time prediction? I think I think he's going to go under by 20 seconds. I'm thinking 159.40. That's what I'd do. I was I'd, just about to say 159.41, but I'll go yeah. something. I reckon he'll run 159.34. Yeah. I reckon he'll I reckon he'll finish strong. I reckon he'll do it. It would be. I mean, the nervous thing for us, isn't it, is that most um, elite marathon runners will negative split. So he'll go through in probably an hour, Just maybe a touch hour. under. Who 59, knows? 50, 59, 55. And then, you know, most people around the world who aren't, who aren't runners will probably say, well, that's it, he's going to miss because he's going to fatigue. But we know, and we saw it last night in Berlin, these guys come back quicker. They come home harder. It's, in, it's so impressive. So, so uh, impressive. I'd love, I'd love him to be comfortable with a couple of K to go, but I don't think it's going to be no, that I don't think comfortable be, for us witnessing. But I think he's going to, I think he's going to negative split and he's going to, it's going to look like he's going to miss maybe until 5k out and then he'll, he'll kick home. And Fingers crossed. I'm hoping he does it. But locally, what have we got? We've got a lot happening in southeast Queensland and around Australia for the next month. So 
couple of big races that are going to be on. We've obviously got the Blackall 100K, yep. which is obviously another Western States qualifier. A lot of people go there for that. Um, and we've got Dean Carnassus coming over for it. Yep. So obviously in well, worldwide known The Ultraman himself. The Ultraman himself is going to be <laughs> here in Southeast Queensland. So that's really exciting for people mm. to go up and obviously get to meet him and interact with him and run alongside him. There'll yeah. probably be people that'll get to run run yeah. next to him, which is yeah. really, really exciting. So that's a big draw card for yeah. Blackall. But he's not coming out here to race. He's just coming out to run and to... That's right. You know, to, and from what I've heard, he's got, a, he's got a lot of races. I think he's all over the world over the next month. He's racing in Greece, and then he's racing somewhere else, and he's yeah. popping here for the weekend, and then he's back yeah. over somewhere else. So he's obviously got a busy schedule, but he's yeah. going to be here running at Blackpool, which is, yeah. I think that's really, that's a big draw card for that. So that'll be exciting, obviously, here in southeast Queensland. And a new ultra? A new the one. new one, the Scenic Rim Ultra. So next weekend, we've got the 65 and the 105k course. Yeah. And it's a hilly course. It's going to be a tough run, yeah. that run. So 105Ks, I believe we're getting close to 4,000, just over 4,000 metres of climbing for that. That's a lot of climbing. Yeah. And it's going to be hot. And I think a lot of people who missed out on Coastal will have signed we'll up for that. Jump across to that one. And so so that's think, a brand new one. So that'll yeah, be interesting that's to see be, how that it's goes. It's going to be good to follow. I think that's going to turn into a quite a big one and quite a popular one. So it's hmm. something new. It's a different area where there hasn't really been any other racing. Yeah. So... Obviously, Andrew and the team putting that race on. I'm, I'm really excited to see how that goes. I yep. think it's going to be one that's going to stay. And then the short course is back. So the summer racing, this is back. a lot of people's favourite one. And it's a great introduction to trail running for people. So the South East Queensland short course, first two events. I Nogra. believe it's a Nogra. Yep. And Numbar. Um, I've raced both of those. Numbar, I mean, it's, that's for introduction to trail running. It's as tough as it gets. It's got a bit of everything. <laughs> it's got some big hills. It's got a few creeks you get to cross. Yep. It's got everything. But obviously, the last year, the race is all pretty much sold out. Yeah. So if you haven't got your entry into that, make sure you get your entry. I don't yeah. think they're sold out at the moment, but I think Trailco, the Trailco trial are now and out running the series. Running it. Um, so that'll be exciting for them to obviously yeah. put their touch on it as well. But so there's always a short course and a long course in those ones. The short yeah. is like seven, eight, nine. I think it's yeah, seven to yeah. twelve generally, and then longer anywhere between ten, eleven, and eighteen to yeah. twenty kilometres for the long course. But it's always a, it's a great atmosphere. For the southeast Queensland trail running community, I think yeah. everyone kind of gets together. Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Ipswich, Gold Coast, everyone kind of gets together and enjoys the morning. So that's yeah. obviously a super exciting event. Everyone did you loves run Inogra last year? I did run Inogra last year. Because I think I raced in the same one of the same years that you did it. And I was caught off guard by how hilly Inogra was. Yeah, it was surprising. I didn't think it was going to be yeah. that hilly and it just constant bumps and I looked hills. at the elevation and I was like, I must be having a bad day. But then I saw your expression coming back the other day and I realised, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not an easy run. Yeah. And then, yeah, around the country, Melbourne. Melbourne Marathon, the other big city marathon yeah. for this month. So, obviously, there's a lot of people generally looking for some quick times. Now, whether there'll be any Australians that go there looking for qualifiers, yeah. obviously, Olympic qualifying time, I'm not sure if there will be, but there's always some a few quick runs at Melbourne. Yeah. Obviously, very dependent on the conditions as yeah. well. If they get a good day at Melbourne, it's amazing for yeah. running. If the conditions... it's windy and hot, not yeah. as nice. Um, obviously, there's a lot of exposed areas on the course. Yeah, but down at St Kilda, that front wouldn't be nice in the wind no. so we'll obviously see how that goes it's obviously going to be exciting to follow quick times see what yeah. the conditions are going but that's it's going to be a big month there's a lot Huge a lot month. happening so Huge month. as i said dominated by the 159 project um a lot of ultras on the southeast queensland and obviously melbourne's big so uh yeah look we hope you guys have a great october if you can jump in any of those events let us know how it goes send us some photos um you know we do try and get out to a few so i'm going to try and get up to blackall um and out to those short course ones as well. But um, yeah, a lot of what we look at, we, we look at Strava, don't we? We look at keep Facebook, we look at all people's write-ups about it. So it's great. Um, but yeah, if you come across a race that was particularly good that we didn't sort of cover, let us know. And um, yeah, whatever you have on in October, best of luck to it. Run hard, train hard, recover well. 
Um, I say it. that in the wire run videos all the time. Just recovery is so key, isn't it? It is, absolutely. It As is. Kyle knows today, he's you know, yeah. 50k yesterday. Yeah, I'm recovering today. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, thanks again for, for checking in with us, for listening and for supporting us. We really do appreciate it. And, um, yeah, have a great month. Enjoy October. October. We'll see everyone in a month. Yeah. Get used to the heat. It's not going to get any easier from now. It's not. <laughs>